what's happening in your DMs. Yeah, DM slides. So my Twitter DMs are just for like practical purposes. I am all up for sliding into DMs. One time I slid into someone's DMs and they offered me a job. It's always a little sketchy. I think it's like super gross, especially as a woman. Instagram, it's a lot of my friends just like responding. Yeah, I mean the private conversations are where all the interesting stuff happens. It doesn't always have to be sexual. Younger generations with sliding into the DMs is way more accepted. It's like way more common now. Moving from the public conversation to the private conversation is really the only reason to be on any of these services. Hello, welcome to Why'd You Push That Button, a show where Ashley Carmen, hello, and Caitlin Tiffany, that's me, examine the choices technology forces us to make. Today, we're talking about DM slides. State of the DM. An oldie but a goodie. So for those of you who have somehow avoided DM slides up until this very moment, and this is the first time you're hearing of them, a DM slide is simply a term to describe when someone sends you a direct message or a private message, whatever you want to call it, out of the blue, typically on Instagram or Twitter or wherever else you have DMs. <laughs> DMs used to be like creepy. Yeah. Like it was like freaky. Like who's sliding into the DMs? Like, ew. Sliding into DMs, I feel like I used to be like, a predator. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> what does this person want? Why are you taking it to private message? Mm -hmm. But then things sort of changed. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day, like why sliding into DMs became normal. And I feel like it has to do with like the rise of dating apps in which the whole point is that you're looking at photos of someone and then direct messaging them based on no other information. Mm -hmm. So transitioning that over to Instagram, it's like... It's the same principle, but now it's been normalized because you have already done it many times or you know that other people are doing that. Yeah. The DM features in the main, like the apps we use, like Instagram, Twitter, et cetera, like Instagram's DM product only came out in 2013. Mm -hmm. And then Twitter also, if you remember, they opened up DMs where like you can set it so that anyone can DM you. Right. That's a relatively recent feature in like right. the last few years. So I feel like all of a sudden we had this moment where like strangers who you didn't necessarily invite in could DM you. And it just took some time for us to be like, oh, like this is the new status quo. <laughs> is mm -hmm. like strangers who I haven't approved might show up from right, time right. to time. So for the purposes of today's episode, we are primarily talking about DMs. In the context of initiating first contact with somebody via DMs mm -hmm. for like a speculative romantic purpose, like you're testing the waters mm -hmm. to see if you can maybe go on a date with somebody. Mm -hmm. And there are lots of ways to go about this. And there are lots of feelings about how high the stakes are. So that's what we're investigating in today's episode. So I'm not a DM slider. Like when we were talking about this episode, I kept racking my brain. I don't have a crush. I don't have like someone I'd want to slide into their DMs. But when I was thinking about it, I realized that the only people whose DMs I've slid into are DJs, which is really sad, but true. Like basically I follow a bunch of New York DJs who I really like. And what I'll do is on weekends in the summer when I really want to go out, I'll DM the DJs who don't know me and be like, hey, where to party at? But actually, where <laughs> where are you DJing tonight? Like, I'm looking to dance. What What's going on? Where's the party? And I get responses all the time. Okay. And then I can sometimes go to a DJ party if I want. Do you really get responses all the time? Yeah, they do respond. Legit. Okay. Well, that seems useful. But I do have people slide into my DMs. Like creepers? All sorts. Ooh. 
I've never dated anyone for my DMs. I've made friends through the DMs, but that's about it. I've dated someone from my DMs. Really? Yeah, the one DM slide that I have ever pulled off in my one short life. This boy that I did not really know, but had like, we had like faved a couple of each other's tweets in the past, tweeted something about like having a really hard time finding like super grisly breakup essays to read. And I was like, oh my God, same. But I found a few and I had these suggestions for him and I wanted to help, but I didn't want to reply directly to the tweet because I wasn't ready for all my enemies to know that I'd been dumped. Mm -hmm. So I DM'd him and was like, here's some stuff. Sorry you're going through it. Me too. And I definitely like hoped that it would get like flirty. Mm -hmm. It did not go well. But then we matched on Tinder and went out three times. And then I did something mean but I've apologized we're all moved on it's fine anyway I wish people would dm slide me it so seems you, like you're using the dm slide truly in this case as like a I'm interested in you to date romantically yeah I don't know I mean like I have a lot of twitter crushes I think it would be like nice to hear from one of them in the middle of the workday in like a flirty way daily life is so boring and obviously like now I'm, like, asking to be harassed. It's just, like, you can't come out and say this stuff. Because then know. it's, like... It's, like, you only want the DMs from the people you actually like, and everyone yeah. else is a nuisance. But it is nice because it gives you so much context about somebody. Like, if someone DMs you on mm -hmm. Twitter... Twitter is my preferred social platform. If someone DMs you on Twitter, you can immediately go look at their profile and see the, like, last 15 things that they said and make sure they're not, like, an awful person. It's true. Okay, so for this episode, we want to know, obviously, why people slide into DMs. Caitlin does it to talk to Twitter crushes. I do it to find parties. We all have our reasons. We also are going to talk a little bit about this idea of how, essentially— Social media has made it so that you can talk to anyone you want whenever you want publicly, but DMs make it so that you can talk to them privately. And that totally changes the dynamic of how people interact and also just how uh, you flirt. So we're going we're gonna to break down how that's changed over time. And then, of course, we need to know, do DM slides actually work? Is anyone falling in love? So... We're going to talk to some DM sliders, and then later in the show, we'll chat with a product manager who oversees messaging on Instagram itself. All right, so to start things off, we are tackling the most classic example of a DM slide, a hetero man messaging women. So we chatted with our pal, Blake. Yes, I, I believe in the DM slide. I, I'm a proponent of it. If done correctly, it's obviously done terribly a lot, but I think like respectful, straightforward, uh, it's a good way to ask out someone you probably maybe wouldn't get to otherwise or if you're too nervous in person. Blake told us the story of his first DM slide. My first one was a friend of a friend who I had met, but we didn't exchange numbers or do any of that stuff, but I felt a good vibe, I guess, over the course of the evening. So I found her on Twitter. She wasn't really active at all, but I just sent her a message, said I had a good time, asked if she wanted to grab a drink or grab dinner. And about two hours later, I got a message back saying yes. While the relationship ended... We dated for uh, like two months and then she actually ghosted me. His use of the DM slide 
did not. I kept going. I did not give up on the DM slide. Blake is still working through what constitutes a DM slide, but he doesn't think responding to someone's Instagram story counts. If you're just like responding to a story being flirty, that's not sliding into someone's DMs, right? Like, doesn't everyone do that to an extent? It's just like an easy way to be like, remember me, like I exist. So if we see each other down the road, you know, I'm not going to respond to every time, but just every once in a while do. But I would not consider that a DM slide, though. I consider like a cold call, essentially. A real DM slide, Blake thinks, is asking someone out through the DMs. And for this, he typically sticks to people he's previously met in person. I think ideally you've had some interaction. It's like friend of friend, mutual acquaintance. Maybe we saw each other at a party type of thing or at a bar. We got information. I have done two fully had not met the person. I followed them. They didn't follow me. They maybe didn't know I existed type of But typically, I do the, like, mutual acquaintance person who I could wait around to see if I run into them again. But instead, it's just like, hey, I would like to go out with you. Want to do that, too? This strategy of reaching out to only people he knows works well. He's very successful. I'd say it's about 70% has been success. And everyone who's said no has always been like super polite and very just like, oh, no thanks. Or like I, you know, TK excuse type of thing. Like I'm not going to like slide into the DMs of like a mega celebrity and expect a response back, then it would be much lower. But it's usually a situation where I'm like, I think if I were to like see you again somewhere, I would ask you out. So then I feel reasonable doing it. So of course, the question still stands. Why does Blake use the DMs, especially if he's messaging women he's met in person and could have asked out in real life or through text by getting their phone number? I think, A, it's scary. It's tough to ask for a number. B, I think I'm a go-with-the-flow type of person where I will just, like, I don't really have the, like, I have a goal set for tonight and I need to, like, acquire phone number. It's, like, it has to come up in a way that I feel okay with about I can convince myself later like that was somewhat organic so if that doesn't happen it's usually a situation where I go damn or like shit I should have asked for her phone number it is a backup measure typically wow our very chance at a do-over in this life yeah I sympathize with Blake like I think it probably is really scary to ask for a phone number in person The DM slide makes sense to me here. Like, I do that with people I meet out. I'll be like, oh, I'll just follow you on Instagram. Get a sense of who you are anyway. Like, I don't even know if I like you after one time of meeting you. Yeah. If, like, this woman I want to be friends with posts really cool content and is funny, then, like, a friendship starts to bloom. But this is why, like, I think DM slides at this point have so many purposes that I wouldn't even necessarily know. Like if a dude at a party like DM me on Instagram a couple weeks later, I wouldn't know if he was trying to flirt. Be like, maybe he thinks I'm going to like cover his startup on Vox.com or something. Like people use Instagram DMs for like business connections. Well, that's why Blake doesn't consider the story response a DM because that is just him being like, oh, like cool cheeseburger you ate today or whatever. (laughs) Whereas like when he goes for the DM slide, he straight up is like, hey, Caitlin, like I loved meeting you on Saturday. You seemed really cool. Would you want to go out? Mm. So he goes straight to the point. So you would get the idea. Wow. Incredible. Thank you, Blake. I apologize for fighting with you at Ashley's birthday party about (laughs) your Hinge profile. All right. So with that behind us, We're going to talk to a woman who's been on the receiving end of DMs to figure out what it feels like to get a message. 
Is she charmed? Is she excited? What? My name is Tasbia Harwiz. I'm a writer based in Los Angeles. We spoke to Tasbi Harwiz, who wrote an article titled, What's Your Insta? How Instagram is a Man's New Little Black Book. She wrote about how men, like Blake, are using Instagram to get dates instead of collecting a stack of numbers. She told us a story about how a DM slider got her contact info. I met a guy who seemed really interested in connecting romantically. We started talking and he was like, yeah, I'd I'd love to stay in touch. Can I get your Instagram handle? And I was like, you don't want my number? And he was like, well, I'll take your number too, but I would rather have your Instagram handle. It wasn't the first time that's happened, but I think it was like the first time in my head that it clicked that it was a thing, that this had like happened on more than one occasion. But it was funny because when I went back and interviewed him and asked him why he asked for my Instagram handle, um, he was like, well, I just wanted to see if you were, you know, what your deal was. Like, do you have a man? Like, it just helped me determine like what your social circles were, what you did socially. And I was like, yeah, but I figured out that you had a very close baby mama. And it didn't look like you were broken up with her. And I don't think he was necessarily broken up with her, just based on my investigative work. Like Blake, this guy used Insta to learn more about Tosby before committing to a full date. And she used it that way too, to learn about him. Plus, like we've talked about, it's a safer space to ask a woman out. A, it's kind of like a safe way to pursue someone without really pursuing them. So it's like this kind of like weird insurance policy where it's like, we're going to be connected. And if I don't see what I like, then I won't pursue it further. But it's like less vulnerable than just asking for someone's number and to say like, hey, I would love to take you out on a date. It's like, hey, let's lightly flirt on Instagram for many, many months until one of us finally makes the first move or whatever. But I don't know. Or I think it's also like a way of like just people keeping their options open and giving themselves the opportunity to like really figure out what those options are. (laughs) She also thinks people rely on DM slides because they're really sick of dating apps. There's so many dating apps out there and it's so tiresome. (laughs) And dating in general is just really tiresome, especially if you live in like I live in Los Angeles. Dating here is hellish. There's too many people. And I think Twitter and Instagram, it's easier to kind of determine a person's personality, what kind of things they're into, who they hang out with, whether your social circles would mesh well enough. It's easier to get all that information from like 10 tweets than it is from, you know, someone's really dumb Tinder bio. And because of that dating fatigue, I think people are not only being more bold in like a DM slide, but people are also more receptive to it. Like I'm certainly very receptive to it. Tazi says the slide is kind of lazy. There's less effort involved in like communicating over Instagram. Like you don't really have to do much. You don't really have to ask about a person's life. Once in a while, you can respond to a story or whatever. Like one of my exes, even to this day, it's really hard to get him to answer a text, but is constantly responding to my Instagram story. Again, it's like a less vulnerable thing. And it does tend to be like a masculine behavior, I think. It's like a black book, you know, like even if a guy is in a relationship, It's a way of like keeping their options open for when that relationship dissolves and they can just go back to Instagram, look through their contacts and see who's not in a relationship. You might think that because Tazi has studied Instagram DMs so closely, she'd be turned off by them. But she's actually had a couple of relationships start from the DMs. 
and she loves them. And she appreciates that guys can learn about her interests before proposing a date. The last relationship I was in was someone who DM'd me on Twitter. We'd never had even like a real conversation. And the DM was, can I take you out on a date sometime? The first thing he sent me was a video. It was like an AJ plus video about Cardi B using Orientalist stereotypes in one of her music videos. And I'm Muslim and I'm a Middle Eastern studies major. I've written a lot about like Orientalism. So he kind of already knew like after Googling me or like kind of figuring out from my Instagram that it would be like something that I was interested in. <laughs> you know, Cardi B and like Islam, those are like my intersecting <laughs> interests. But he could figure that out. He figured it out from just watching my story is maybe googling me and reading some stuff that I had written and knew that it was going to be like it would like be a good conversation opener and then he had read the the story that I had written about Instagram DMs and and he kind of said well how would you prefer someone interact with you on Instagram and I was like well I'd prefer they just ask me out and he's like okay well this is me asking you out so that was like you know a little meta <laughs> She slid into guys' DMs too, although it didn't always work out. Ah, oh, I've done it so many. I am like extremely shameless about it. I've only probably had one rejection. <laughs> But this one was just really embarrassing because he was like an embarrassing person to like crush on. I just like had a weird obsession and I, under the influence, DM'd him once and I DM'd something like, hey, like I'm obsessed with you or something like really crazy, like truly deranged. Like, first of all, like that the wording, like if I received something like that, I probably would like be a little weirded out. But he followed me back and then he responded, find a healthier obsession <laughs> and then unfollowed. She learned from that experience, and now she says she would be a little more coy. I feel that, like, in most, like, situations, men are way more receptive to a DM side, probably because it happens with less frequency, where it's, like, a, a woman sliding into a man's DMs and being that bold. And I find that boldness really works in my favor when I'm just like, hey, I'm, like, really interested and you would love to go out on a date. Men tend to be blindsided by that and find it intriguing or whatever, and that's why I think that they tend to be more receptive to it. Generally, I tend to be a little bit more subtle about it. Just like, hey, I'll send a meme or something stupid after like some light public interactions, like figure out what their interests are and then just send like a meme or, or a joke or a tweet or something that I think they would be interested in and just kind of initiate conversation and be like, hey, I'd love to like go out sometime or whatever. So I really like how she brings up this idea of dating at fatigue because one, I really feel that. <laughs> but two, like Tinder, you are supposed to hook up your Instagram to your Tinder anyway. So it's like, just cut out the middleman. Cut out Tinder. Tinder also gets really mad if you don't have an Instagram. Like every time I open Tinder, there's like a big red bar at the top that's like, Reconnect your Instagram, exclamation point. Like, yeah. Leave me alone. Yeah. It's like, why not just go straight to the Instagram and be like, hey, I noticed you're cool. People also put their Instagram handles in their Tinder bios now, yeah. which is so annoying to me. It's like, I can see your Instagram. It's right there. Like, <laughs> it, you don't need to be represented in two places on this page. But I guess maybe you do. I don't yeah. know. It makes sense to DM slide. Okay. So we've heard from a DM slider, a DM receiver. Both of them go both ways, I guess. So we've heard from... Two DM enthusiasts, both of whom have had mixed experiences. Now we need to hear a love story. Yes. Yeah? A real love story. So we talked to a man named Thomas who actually came in through my own DMs. 
I put out a call for people to tell me a love story about DM slides, and Thomas answered it. So he told us about how he met his boyfriend, and it is the sweetest story ever. We first started talking, I think, January of 2011. I think I was tweeting something about being excited about getting a new Android phone. It was like my first full touchscreen phone. And so I got a message from him one day saying like, oh, yeah, I used to love my Android phones. But then he had at the time he had like a BlackBerry Storm or something. And so we talked about like BlackBerry versus Android. Thomas loves tech and so does his man. A few months later, he messaged me again. That's when we kind of started talking a little bit more. And so we decided to meet up at Starbucks. And that was the first time I met him in person. I was 17. So I was my mom took me (laughs) and I hung out with him for a while. We had a green tea. Then we kind of he was like, hey, do you want to go to the park? And I was like, "Okay, sure. And so we went to the park and he showed off his new iPhone 4. And we talked about tech some more. And then he took me back to Starbucks. And I was like, Mom, I like him. And she's like, oh. They're fully in love. All from the DM. We pretty much have seen each other every single week. And now every single day since then. I don't think there was a day after that that I didn't see him. What's really wild about this story, though, is that the DM slider, and now Thomas's boyfriend, also lived near Thomas's small town, which is not how I imagine Twitter actually working as a digital local network. He was three years older than me, so he had already graduated. And so I didn't go to the same school as him at all or meet him anywhere else. I think maybe he was just looking at like the tweets from like our local area, like the geolocation. And so I think that's maybe how he saw my tweet initially. They likely wouldn't have met, though, if it weren't for Twitter. And that kind of hits me sometimes. And I'm like, that's kind of crazy that even in the small area that we live, I feel like we all kind of keep to ourselves to a certain point. And I don't think we would have crossed paths enough to really make a big connection, seeing that we went to different schools, we've had different jobs. And so I don't think we would have met if we didn't slide into each other's DMs. Even though all this happened in 2011, When people weren't as comfortable meeting online, Thomas says the DM and the digital experience wasn't foreign to him because he's always gone online to meet new people. Most of my friends that I talked to when I was a teenager, I talked to online anyway, because living in like such a small place, there wasn't many people I felt like I could relate to. So I had to kind of go online to find those connections that I was missing here. That is our true love story. 2011. I know. They've been together forever. Okay. When we, a long time ago, did like a miniature version of this episode that was specific to Twitter, Mm -hmm. like the Wall Street Journal reporter Joanna Stern was telling us about meeting her wife on Twitter. And that Mm -hmm. was also a very long time ago. I feel like perhaps all the love that was going to be found in the DMs (laughs) has been found. Maybe the social platforms just got worse. Like more people joined. A lot more riffraff to get through. In one of the big dating app fatigue stories, the journalist is like, yeah, perhaps everyone who was going to find love on a dating app has found it. And now you're just left with, like, the detritus. Oh, my gosh. Well, in Thomas's case, the slide was essential. Like, he grew up in a small town with people he didn't always connect with. And the slide is how he built a network. So it makes a lot of sense there. And I think, like we mentioned, as these platforms get bigger and you're like, do I have a real connection with this person? You got to slide. You just got to slide and figure it out. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I like this story. I think everyone should be so bold. Yes. 
Okay. Not everyone. <laughs> All right. So, of course, now we are going to be talking to a product expert who will explain how Instagram's DMs are designed. Because obviously Instagram is aware that people slide into DMs. They're not dummies. I'm sure they're more aware than we would even like them to be. Yes, they're deeply aware. So we are going to talk to them about how they design the product for the DM sliders and what's actually going down in the DMs. Ew. I'm doing it. <laughs> can't stop me. Oh, no. So when we come back, we'll <laughs> chat with Director of Product for Messaging at Instagram. Hey, it's Tom Warren, Senior Editor at The Verge here. Microsoft is in an era-defining moment. It's betting on AI as the future of work, its Xbox business is going through transformational changes, and the Mac versus PC war is about to be back on. So, I'm launching a newsletter called Notepad. It'll be your inside guide to all those changes and beyond. From details on the next Xbox, to that one time every Microsoft employee named Michael appeared on a mysterious email list. Whatever is happening at Microsoft, you'll be able to read about it first in Notepad every Thursday. Go subscribe now at theverge.com forward slash notepad. Okay, we're back. We chatted with Connor Hayes, who oversees the messaging product at Instagram, and he told us all of his theories about why people slide into DMs. It's a great question. I think a lot of the stuff that we build in technology in general all kind of derives from things that we like to do in real life and when we're interacting with people when we're together. And so I know when I was a teenager, it was pretty hard to figure out how to get in touch with everybody at school. Today, when kids get a phone for the first time, basically everybody in their class is on Instagram. They can find them easily, and it's an easy way to talk to people who you want to talk to and do talk to on an everyday basis, but don't have the contact information in your phone yet. So while we do see it used for things like building new relationships and romantic interests, people also use it for like business contacts, doing homework and asking questions for people who are in your math class and you don't have their phone number, whatever it may be. Instagram's essentially turned into this really easy way to find the people that you care about and want to talk to without needing to ask them for something like a phone number, an email address address or mailing address or something like that. He says most people aren't messaging complete strangers. It's probably safe to assume that most messaging activity on Instagram takes place between people who know each other and want to chat on their mobile phones in the same way that you would do over like SMS or texting somebody. That's really what the majority of people are doing on Instagram. Even if sometimes they might message a business with a question, the majority of their activity is happening with people that they know and follow and want to just have a conversation with. And like we've talked about on this episode, people are messaging around things that they post often in stories. In general, when we talk to our friends and the people that we care about in real life, most of the time we're not really talking about things that are that transactional or urgent. You know, it's not, hey, I'm outside in the car. I need you to run out and hop in real quick. It's more like, did you watch Game of Thrones last night? Or did you see that shot in the basketball game that was crazy? It's filling space by building relationships and getting closer to other people. So we see a lot of this new behavior around messaging on Instagram coming from places like Stories or Explore or your Instagram feed where you find content and you're like, 
oh my gosh, like I think of my best friend when I see this meme, I want to send it to them. And then that's the thing that breaks the ice. But actually the conversation is like the 20 or 50 text messages that happen after that. And so us giving you a little bit of, of foot in the door to start conversations with those people goes a long way and helps you build relationships on your phone in a way you can't really do on other platforms. Now, Connor says the company doesn't know how often people talk outside of the app. But the team has established Instagram as a place to chat about really specific content. When we do go talk to people in research, we know that especially younger people tend to use a lot of different messaging apps and spread out their conversations in many, many places. Instagram tends to be the place that they feel most comfortable talking about interests-based topics or the content that's exciting to them or sharing things that they might want to buy or memes that they find funny. But we, wouldn't, we don't know anything more than just like the type of behavior that people show on Instagram. As such, the company is making product adjustments to give people more control over how the DMs flow in. What we do do is allow you to, for instance, turn off any notification you would get for a message request or block a person before you even open up that message and start the conversation. One of the things that we did earlier this year is actually bringing stories into the inbox for direct inside Instagram, because we noticed that actually a lot of people weren't just going into a story and replying directly to it. They were frequently viewing someone's story closing out the story, and then navigating to the inbox to send that person a text. And so we started to go out into the field and ask people more, like, why would you do that? What is the behavior there? And actually what they were taking away was like, I know that this person is online. You know, I saw this photo of them at the park, but I just want to have a conversation with them that's not necessarily based on them being at the park. I know they're on Instagram and I know they're available. And so they would go into their inbox and send that person a text message that says like, hey, what are you up to today? <laughs> uh, maybe hoping for an invite to the park, but also hoping to, to just get closer to that person. And so one of the takeaways that we had from this is that the tie between your message inbox and the people you message and your stories tray is very close and we needed to make that a little bit closer. So now when you go into your inbox inside Instagram, if somebody has an active story, that's available for you right in that row in the inbox. You can get some extra information before you decide to send that person a message. Now, maybe you've heard that Mark Zuckerberg announced that Facebook is working on uniting all of its messaging platforms, which includes WhatsApp, Instagram, and Facebook Messenger, and Connor says that the team is working on this with the goal of making Instagram the coolest place to chat. Ooh. If we do our job well, at the end of the day, Instagram, when you open it up, is going to feel a lot more like walking into a party and hanging out with your friends than it is today. And we see messaging as a big part of that. There's a huge opportunity for us to make Instagram overall more of a relationship building activity. And that's the thing that we're focused on. So hopefully, you know, with the, the work that we're doing now and some of the, the thoughts you've shared today, we can get there. Wow. If it's like walking into a party, then we're back where we started. It's so hard to flirt with people at parties. <laughs> I know. And then getting phone numbers. It all comes back to parties. Parties are the through line of this entire episode. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Like, I can't out and out say that Instagram is lying about not knowing whether you take your conversations out of the app. But back in our, what, pilot episode? First episode, yeah. Somebody from OkCupid okay. OK told us that Tinder can tell. And I just find it really hard to believe that if Tinder can tell when people exchange phone numbers, that Instagram can't. But this is like the funny part about Instagram is that 
you don't need to exchange your phone number. I guess. I mean. Like, there's something about when you're on you're Tinder, right. you want to move off the app. Like, you're like, this is lame. I don't want to be in Tinder talking. Like, Tinder's not a messaging product. Oh, it's so true. That's, like, my always go-to move when I want to, like, exchange a number. I'm just like, this messaging interface is so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You got to move off the app. <laughs> but, yeah, I think ultimately Connor really echoed everything we heard from our user interviews. Like, people use Instagram for DM sliding because they can talk about things that are of interest. So like Blake said, he likes to watch stories. Tasby mentioned that she likes that boys can come up with good dates because they see the things that she likes. Mm -hmm. And just generally people can get to know each other better. And so, you know what? I'm cool with this reality. My only request is they get rid of red receipts in the DMs. Yeah. That's messed up. Well, so not to like hit this over the head, but the reason people slide into DMs, it's easier, less scary as far as rejection goes. And you have things to talk about. This all makes sense. It's all—it's better than a phone number ask and being like, hey, how's your day going? Mm-hmm. Got this established. Good. Yeah. All right. So is there anything else we want to take away from this? We good? I think it's summer. Everybody should be flirty. Everyone should be really irresponsible with their emotions. And also say thinking about Instagram replacing phone numbers, it really um, eliminates the like horrifying moment where you have to go delete a number out of your contacts so in sadness and shame and disappointment. You don't got to do that. You just have to unfollow and yeah. delete the thread. Right. Okay. That is it for us on this DM slide episode. If you have thoughts, episode ideas, whatever, you can email us at buttonattheverge.com. If you enjoy this show, please tell a friend because the only way we can grow And if you want to follow Caitlin on Twitter, you can at K-A-I-T underscore Tiffany. You can follow me on Instagram at Ashley Carmen. Thank you to our producers, Andrew Marino and Zach Mack. And thank you to Gautam Shrikashen, who did our sound design and mixing. All right, that is it for us. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.